Welcome everybody back to Veil of Sound. One of our first interviews here in January on our channel. Um, and we're very, very, very happy, or at least I am very, very, very happy to have um, some guys here on the show who play in a band that I really like, who have got an incredible new album out since a few weeks by now. And um, so without further ado, very happy to have two guys here from Shipwreck Carpaphos. So welcome to be, welcome, you welcome on the show, guys. Thank Hello. You. Thank you for so, having us. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, just quickly, uh, for all those, especially European guys, I don't know why you're not as big as you should be over here in Europe, but maybe you can just shortly say who you are and what you do in the band, apart from looking handsome uh, as always. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I'm David Chastain. Um, I uh, started the band like a decade ago and it's gone through a bunch of changes and i'm i'm uh, at this point i think the only original member well no nick i guess yeah, yeah um but i play guitar um i do a majority of the songwriting um i don't know what else that's it yeah 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 you make audiences uncomfortable sometimes yeah my, <laughs> myself too. Role. yeah that's just being <laughs> being socially weird is my biggest role in the band so thank you hank your turn you go uh my name is hank wooten i play piano for the most part and um whenever they need a ninth guitar part i jump in on that too i don't do any okay. of the writing I just make my own parts and uh if he approves, then we continue with that. It's not true. He does a lot of writing. Tell, he will I, of, of course, I take Hank's note and, and jump right in. I'm like, David, when you say you're the only remaining member from the founding group, so to speak, um, do you consider Shipwreck Carpaphos your band or is it a democratic process? I think that everybody in the band considers it my band, but I don't. I'm like the one person in the band that like doesn't want to think of it that way because I've tried to do it on my own and it's not as good when I do it on my own. I, uh, you know, I moved, we put out our first record in 2016 and like right off of the back of that, I moved out to Oregon and um, tried to get it back together with like new members. I tried to do it and like it doesn't work. Like this, this project doesn't exist. It does not do what it's supposed to do unless it's this group of people. Um, and uh, so I think it's everybody collectively. And, um, you know, he says that he doesn't write, but like he, uh, I, I bring in like the, the structure, just like a, like a loose, like um, arrangement that I want. And then these guys all just kind of shape what I do. I can barely play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, what we always say. I uh, stumble through stuff and then I bring everybody else in and then they turn it into a song. So, um, when I prepared for this interview, there was one thing that came to my mind, and I don't know if I'm correct on that, but I think you guys must have a certain love for language and storytelling. Is that just my notion or is that really the case? I, I love world building and i love storytelling but i'm terrible with words which you know there's a reason we're an instrumental band um all of the i don't even know where to start with it it's kind of a big question <laughs> the uh the so there's a a photograph that uh, i don't know if you're familiar with steve mccurry uh 
did a lot of like National Geographic. So you know the Afghan girl, National Geographic photo. I think I did the girl with like the like the bright green bright green eyes and yeah, um, we got a bunch of iconic photos in in, in that geo and um, he uh. There's a book of photography in a record store we started that had a bunch of his stuff in it. And there's this picture of the ship breaking yards and long story short, like that's where the band name came from. And then uh, as I was writing, you know, there's, there's all like, like the real meanings of all of these songs, but um, like the allegory and like the world building for like, you know, the purpose of, of storytelling kind of built out of this picture. So from like this one picture of just this guy standing in front of these giant boats, we build all the story out from there. And uh, every song, real every every like piece of the project, honestly, is like we're constantly making nods to all of the different things that um, inspired it. And it's not always music; it's 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 comic books, it's movies, it's um, I like stories, and it's hard mm-hmm. to get stories across in an instrumental project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we're always just looking for ways like that. But like, I guess the the short answer to your question would be yes: storytelling, world building. I love it. Robbie, who's not here, is super into it, and he's taking on a big role in it too. And I'm a uh, um, something that struck cried, me cried when I time. something that struck me when I tried to figure out how to pronounce your name. My first notion was it must be a portmanteau. It must be something like a mixture of Carpathian and Paphos or whatever, you know. I, but then I discovered that there is a Greek island called Carpathos. Is that where you took the name from? So, so it's not. So the uh, the picture that I was talking about. So it's these giant these shipbreaking yards in India. Mm-hmm. They uh, beach these giant ships, and then just these small teams of people going and just you know ripping mm-hmm. down to pieces of all to mm-hmm. kind of carry. Uh, and uh, in the photo, one of the big boats that is is beached is called Carpathos. So that's ah. the, the, yeah. Um, I also didn't know that there was an island um, that is also famous for having a lot of shipwrecks. Who pointed that out to us? It was an article. Uh, no. So what it was, it was, it was, it was some, some guy from Greece. Okay. Who yeah. was looking up <laughs> something about the shipwreck and stumbled upon <laughs> us. And like, and, and the, the funniest thing about it is it's actually pronounced with a soft A. And I didn't know that because I had only ever seen it written out. And so mm-hmm. We actually pronounced the name wrong, and by the time it was brought to my attention that we had pronounced it wrong, we were so far in that I was just like, "It's it's fine. We pronounce it wrong. I'm not going to change it." <laughs> so, like, <laughs> um, yeah, I I like that. You know that that again shows a little bit. You know how how global our scene has become, right? That is mm. that is something really cool. Um. However, your storytelling that you are now already in the second part of a trilogy uh, revolves around two figures called the Pilot and Virgil. Mm-hmm. And they're both on, on the covers of the last full length and on this one. Uh, so first question must, of course, be who of them is the robot and who is the human? Or at least it look it looks like one of them is the robot because we only only see the figures from behind. So I figure yeah. one is it looks like a robot and the other like a human. So who is who? So the 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 human is the pilot, and he ah, is I was right about that. he's the uh, the main the main protagonist of the story, and uh, Virgil is a robot, and he is he's his little little sidekick companion guy. So Virgil is the pilot's Doctor Watson. Hmm. 
Essentially, yeah. I've 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 always thought of him as kind of like uh his Alfred. Yep. His yep. Batman, same thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Same exactly. thing. Honestly, the Watson might make more sense though. <laughs> that that's that's good. And I don't know why I've not thought of that before. <laughs> yeah, if Watson well, was like a million years old. Yeah. <laughs> but Watson is also when it comes to 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 literature a very interesting figure because you know normally we try to differentiate between first person narrator and third person narrator and with the initial sherlock holmes books are basically both because first and foremost they're told from a first person perspective watson but he adopts holmes point of view so it's a mixture of both I've I've read the first book. It was back in like 2017-ish. And I don't remember it that well, honestly. I remember liking it a lot. But I'm trying to picture anyway, it. Anyway. Yeah, sorry. Virgil. Named after the late antiquity Roman author? Yes and no. So, um... The very first band that I was in when I was a kid, I was like like 15, 16, and it was with Ian Duvall, who was a founding member of Shipwreck, too. He was actually on this record also. Um, but the first band that we were in when we were kids was called Virgil. And it was it was it was partially that. Um, but it was uh and it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Um, it was, uh, and cause like you say that, like, that's what everybody's going to think that it is. But what it really was is there was a cartoon in the nineties called mighty max. I don't know if you remember that. You remember, do you remember Polly pocket? The little, the little, I, I think I even remember mighty max, but yeah. So, so mighty max was this kid who had a, uh, magical baseball hat that would yeah. let him jump between dimensions. And he had, um, his guide, who was also named Virgil, but that Virgil was an elderly foul. <laughs> and uh, I loved the show when I was a kid. And I really just like I knew everybody was always going to ask if it was, you know, that Virgil. And then I would always just, you know, joke that it was Mighty Max. Um, but then I always just I like the name and, and you know, it stuck with me. And for what for what the character is, and it was, you know, like I said, everything's always a nod to something else, <laughs> whether it's a project that I was in or something that influenced it. Which is cool. You know, I, I like digging for stuff like that. So that's always awesome to know. Um, before I come to the story of the pilot and Virgil, I have a question which interests me because I think I consider it more often than not. Um, a lot of post-rock records of the last two, three, four years um, are less a collection of songs and more often than not in my perception um songs that are all connected to a certain concept do you think that such a concept is important for especially instrumental post-rock is it important to have a concept that you give to the people no matter if it's I, a, re I think a real life thing or a story that you made up. Yeah. I think so. And not even just for post-rock. I mean, that's, I, I, I think that this is like my biggest, like old man screams at cloud argument that like, I, 
I, I feel like streaming um, has kind of like forced people to like not have as much of an attention span for music. I, and I think that's why singles are like so prevalent. And not to say there's anything wrong with that, um, but like, I feel like you ask the average person, they probably don't sit down and listen to like a full record front after they're going to make a playlist, which is like, again, nothing wrong with that. But um, I've, I've always tried to think of shipwreck in general, like, and like not even just this record, but like collectively as like one body of work, like one giant piece with like multiple movements that go through. And, you know, the, the shape of that obviously changes as, as we evolve as musicians but to me, like that in and of itself is a story that like you can listen to throughout, mm-hmm. um, which is why we put the uh, the scene subtitles <clears throat> on all the songs yeah. for this record. Yeah. We did it on the first one, too, but we only did it on the physical copy. We did we did just like the uh, you know a few hundred CDs. And so um, up until very recently, if you didn't have a copy of like that CD, you never really saw any of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wanted to like very intentionally add it back on, um, to give people kind of like a roadmap if they are interested, you know, in both like the narrative of the music and just like the evolution of the music. Um, and, uh, the the next thing that we're actually doing tentatively is we're working on, uh, doing a remix and a remaster of the first record Mm -hmm. and adding this guy to it. He recorded the first record um oh. but he wasn't in the band time and there's there's piano on one track and i it was me but i can't play piano so i literally i i played <laughs> so stupid I remember this. we did two tracks i played <laughs> i played this really simple melody with one hand and then we did a second track where i played the chords which typically a piano player would do both right but i, just, I couldn't fucking do it and so <laughs> and so we recorded these two tracks and then put them together as one track um, but, uh, we're going to add him to the whole thing and he's going to fix that too. And then, so we're going to do a remix and remaster the first record, get that out eventually, uh, some way. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with it yet, but the digital version of what whatever we do is going to have all those subtitles put back on to have like that official roadmap put back into it. It's also a way that I think, uh, there are we seen numbers in on Bandcamp. They're not on Spotify, but they're hmm. on Bandcamp. So if anybody wants to check that out um you can find the 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 numbers on bandcamp as well um and now let's let's have a look at at virgil and the pilot um Mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about their story arch what are they doing yeah so it's uh they they live in uh this world that has experienced uh some kind of cataclysm i say some kind because i know what it is but we haven't gotten there the story yet um but it's basically uh it it kick-started like the early death of the world and um it is in recent enough history that like the remaining population of the human race knows that something happened but they don't really know what because it but it was you know far enough back that like they've lost most most knowledge about like what that world was and so um, they live in, uh, this city, Circle City. It's basically like the last like human holdout in the world and they're doing okay. Like, like, they, like the, the city is thriving. It's just outside of the city. What we call the foregone, um, is dying or dead basically. And so 
the pilot and Virgil go out on these expeditions into this world um, just to see what they can find from the old, old world to bring back, to study it, to kind of hopefully figure out what it was that happened, put the pieces together and see if they can, you know, kickstart the earth again and kickstart civilization again. Um, so the, uh, the first record bring down the sky is basically uh, them coming back from one of these expeditions. They get home and their entire city is destroyed. Everybody's dead. They're all that's left. Um, and uh, he kind of goes through the city, puts together the pieces of what happened. And it's, it's this, this army of robots that was never intended to be an army that lives on this island in the sky. It was uh, the, the, this is the simulacra they're mentioned throughout like the titles. Um, they're basically uh, assembled by the pilot and like his crew of people from pieces of just things that they found out in this world. Um, and uh, held some knowledge. I'm, I'm trying to be like, I'm trying to like tell this story and keep it as vague as I can. Cause I don't want to spoil too much. Cause we, we have plans for it, but um, basically they, they, they're kind of familiar with what did happen in the past. He still, him and Virgil still have no idea. Virgil's connected to it, but Virgil isn't even aware of that fact at this point. Um, and this whole second record being human is all about basically um, them kind of unraveling that mystery, figuring out, p- putting the pieces, figuring out like what, how, how Virgil is connected to the past, really getting an understanding of what happened and um, how to move forward from the revelations that happened throughout the record. What, what strikes me is that you, you display a lot of, cultural knowledge throughout i mean like when we talk about cycle city one of the first things that come to my mind is the divergent cities when we talk about a city in the sky of course every star wars nerd will automatically think of the empire strikes back and all the things that we see there um i mean like of course the story is a story in and of itself but is that also just like you said like incorporating a lot of uh, the little knots and the little tidbits of pop culture that you seem to like even the the titles on this one um being human and uh, almost colossus also are both uh titles of hellboy stories mm-hmm. um mike mike Mignola is like one of my absolute favorite writers i, I i'm in love with that world and then mm-hmm. I actually found out I, I had picked out the title for this. Like, I mean, it's we've been working. It took us seven years to get this record done over seven years. And uh, I've had the title picked out for a real, real long time. And then I found out, I don't know. Are you familiar with the show called Steven Universe? No. Uh, have you seen it before? Yeah, it's kind of an Adventure Time. It's an Adventure Time-ish kind of vibe. It, it's like a very, it, it's a kid show, but it's a kid show that they managed to like hide very like thoughtful sweet like uh, what what am I, I don't even know how to explain it just like very well done and like the way that it covers certain social issues for kids mm-hmm. to the point that like i've watched that show and i've cried so many times yeah it's it's, it's, an, it's an incredible yeah. show but the uh uh, uh rebecca black is that her name mm-hmm. the, the girl that made it the, yeah. one, the one that wrote it yeah uh she's also a huge hellboy fan which i did not know and the title song mm-hmm. from that show is also called being human and i found out that she met Mike Nola in some capacity. And I guess a bunch of like the costume ideas from that show were like cues that she took from him from like advice from him. So like 
um i don't remember where i was going with this i've lost my train of thought but yeah <laughs> i love I like pop nerds pop get shit. Away. i like nerd shit and yeah. installation as well as a reference to lucasfilm stuff yeah yeah 1138 it's all throughout Let's talk a little bit about the music of the record and the music of Shipwreck, Carpathos in general. Um, what strikes me of a new record is that it's definitely crunchier. It's a little heavier than mm. the record before, isn't it? It's also a much angrier record, <laughs> yeah. like like content wise. I was it was a uh, uh, being 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 human is. Or, or bring down the sky. The first one is is much. It's a, it's a very hopeful record, and it, it's kind of about like figuring out your your place in the world and like yeah. being cool with it. And being human is about like losing that <laughs> and and not sure, not being sure how to get it back, and and uh, just I don't know all of the bullshit that is life and personal relationships and stuff like that. But um, yeah, no, I I knew from the onset that I wanted it to be heavier. Uh, we got. A lot more guitars on this one. <laughs> yep. Plus, uh, the uh, the addition to the piano. This this dude, he he doesn't give himself enough credit, but like, he he rounded out the sound so much of this band, and like, just he 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 fills in everything that we were missing. Honestly, thank you. Well, I can totally understand that because when I listen to it, it's it's got a lot of crunch. It's got a lot of dynamics, which we'll come to in a moment, but it also got a lot of a well-rounded soundscape, I'd call it. And now, Hank, how does it work? How you've already mentioned it, you know, you say you don't write too much, but how does it work? David comes to you and says, like, oh, I need a C minor passage in here, or how does it work? How do you guys interestingly enough, it's it's always in C sharp minor, for one thing. Um but uh, he uh, he brings us coffee shop versions of the songs that are that are beautiful on their own, and then uh, I just try to I've tried to analyze shipwreck over the years. I've known him. I've known him about ten years now, and um, I'm not really a post rock guy, so this is all kind of alien to me. Um, so I've tried to not, analyze them. I'm not really either anymore. Well, yeah. <laughs> I've tried to see what they do, what they expect, what they're looking for, and try to just fill in that. It's been a big challenge for me, um, you know, coming from a completely different kind of background. But um, I enjoy the freedom. I enjoy the creativity. I just sort of fill in whatever strange, empty space I might find. And uh, there's always something. What's what's really fun is that it it evolves. And I, I guess... I don't want to sound like like I don't want to sound arrogant here, but I get so bored with what I play that I just change it up every few weeks. So it it always gets a little bit better and better. So it's a living, breathing song as opposed to just a you know a recording that we're just emulating over and over again. It is it is funny because live now they're 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 still the same songs, but they there are a lot of parts that feel a lot different than they did when we recorded it two years ago. Yeah, it's only getting better. Um, so Hank, you've already mentioned, like, that is not your, your typical background or shipwreck is not where you come from. Post-drug is not where you come from. So can you maybe just shortly explain a little bit your own background? Uh, I mean, 
the British Invaders, I guess, just classic rock and blues, American shit that, you know, very basic stuff, which is why this is such a challenge for me, but it's a welcome challenge. It's it's made me a better musician, you know, kind of broadened my horizons. But yeah, that's about it. And he's <laughs> he's also one of the only people in the band that actually like knows music, like until very recently, honestly. Um, like, cause I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not trained. I, 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 he was talking about everything being in C sharp. It's because I play in open tunings. Cause I never really learned how to play guitar. Um, I just kind of taught myself to work with like what little I do know how to do. Um, so like, I don't ask for anything. I show up with a guitar part. I go, Hey, figure this shit out and then get back to me. Cause I don't have any idea. Well, if I can speak to that, I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to butter your bread too much here, but, um, so david is kind of more of a composer than a songwriter the things that he yeah yeah we'll get you some toast the things he can do with simple tools are beyond something that i would ever think is possible because as you say i'm i'm kind of how'd you put it knows music i know the music i know music so i'm 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 kind of bound by the rules of music the rules of music theory he just sort of does real chaotic shit. And I look at him sideways. In general, just yeah. how I live. I look at him sideways like, this isn't going to work. And then all of a sudden, three guitar parts that are so disjointed and so separated, they come together and it's like, holy fucking shit. It is the most beautiful shit I've ever heard. Somehow. So... Knowing music theory doesn't really get you very well, far. Well, it's funny because I think what it is is that it is chaotic and it doesn't make sense. And then you guys make sense yeah. out of it and you are the ones that make it good. I just go, hey, I figured it out. <laughs> it, it's maybe, maybe beauty lies in chaos in this one, huh? I think so. Um, what also struck me, and here we come to dynamics. Um, you've already said it. It's it's a lot angrier than, than bring down the sky. Um, but it's at the same time, it's not macho man, like, or tough guy, hard or heavy. It's, it's a very, very kind of heavy that if anybody asked me, I would associate with something like Midwestern emo. Is that a compliment Midwest to you? Mono. Yes. Yes. No, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I've 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 been joking with these guys for the last couple of years. Like it's obviously a big evolution from the first record. I tell everybody that it feels like the same. It's the same band, but it feels like the same band that got their shit together and went to college. <laughs> um, but uh, that's all my that's all of my influence. Like all like all like the like post hardcore emo shit from like like 2003 to 2008 like that's like that's my jam you know thursday is my favorite band envy is my second favorite band <laughs> like it's all envy worship have you listened to envy from japan i do and i had the pleasure of already seeing them live a couple of times Oh, nice. <laughs> I want they're they're never going to come here and I don't blame them but um oh. they're what like there's it's like 80% of what I do is just envy worship. <laughs> I mean honestly like I I love that shit and I've uh, I've none of none of these dudes in the band with the exception of uh Robbie and Aaron now. So Aaron is relatively new um and he's on the record but 
um up until very recently like robbie and i were the only ones that had any kind of like punk influence whatsoever and i've been joking for the last couple of years that i tricked all these guys into being in a punk band well when Just you don't put vocals on record, they're not going to notice <laughs> yeah but when you listen to the new record that kind of makes sense right because yeah it is it is punkish in a way right when when if anybody asked me i would say like it's somewhere between sunday day real estate and american football Uh, because that. it's yeah. it's not as heavy as, for example, First Day or Envy. Um, mm. But it is heavy. It is heavy. It is for for post rock. It's it's punk rockish, right? Um, you've already also mentioned the recording, um, because and I want to come to that for a moment because. Um, I think I saw that Jason of Coastlands um, recorded the record. And mm -hmm. I read somewhere in the liner notes um, that it was recorded live. So how live must we imagine it? Were you all in a room? Were you on a stage? How much of a live experience was that? I'd I'd say like 98%. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a few things. Yeah. So, so Jason, I knew long before we even actually got to it that I wanted Jason to produce this record. Um, those few years when I was out in Oregon, uh, him and the Coastlands guys were like some of the first friends that I made. And, uh, Jason produced, the, uh, there's an ambient record we did in like 2018, 2019. And, uh, much, much different from our usual stuff. Um, but, uh, he produced that. Um, and uh, it's, in my opinion, one of the coolest things that we've ever done. And that's largely because of him. <laughs> and that's the same case on this record. Like this record would not be what it is without without Jason. Um, mm -hmm. But we uh, spent the, the first day, right? Setting up the drums. Yeah. Um, we were uh, Russian recording uh, in Bloomington, Indiana. They've got a big live room. So... The first day was just was just setting the drums up pretty much. Did we get to record at all? We did a little bit later in the day, right? It wasn't anything that we kept. We we, we just got yeah. levels that day. Um, but we uh we basically rented the space out for four days and and just slept there. They had a little dorm attached. We just wake up in the morning, pop in, record till we can't go to bed, wake up, do it again. And uh we had um drums on one side, all the guitars and piano on the other side of this massive room. Uh, and then all of our amps were in an isolation chamber, uh, just right off the main room. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we, do we run them all direct? Is that how it worked? But the guitars? Yeah. No, it was all through the amps and then it got reamped later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, uh, explain that process. Cause I don't really, I still don't totally understand how it works. Explain reamping. Yeah. I kind of get it. I. I'll just say what we did. We recorded all the amps in a booth. All the amps were together in one booth. And then after the fact, we went and reamped them, which is just playing the recorded tracks into, like basically through those amps and then into another microphone in an isolation chamber, one at a time, just to get the separation that we needed. But um, yeah, that's, that's something that anybody could Google really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it ended up being cool. So what would happen is we would go through, um, we recorded each song in 
movements, honestly. So there's like there's a lot of peaks and valleys throughout all of our songs. So we would play up until the first valley, and then we would do the next piece and then the next piece, and then we would stitch them together. And we would just go through until we got a take that we were happy with, and then say we had like a really solid take, but like bass flubbed, and then we like we didn't mm-hmm. fix that. It was isolated enough that we could go in and just punch in bass. Um, and there's obviously a lot of post stuff that was done to it after after the fact, but uh, it just it 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 made it so we could like really maintain like a live feel mm-hmm. of the performance with the recording, which is how I've wanted to record this band since I started it, and I just haven't been able to really pull it off. But after the fact, there was a lot of uh, or not a lot of there were a few things that, that were added in. Everyone went home. David went from fully clothed at the beginning of the four-day process to nothing but his underwear at the end of it, playing the, what do you call that instrument? I thought I'm a rimba. Glockenspiel. Uh, a glockenspiel. Angrily playing a glockenspiel. Um, yes, it was such a simple <laughs> part. It was such a simple part, and I couldn't fucking do it. It took like it took like an hour and a half. It's on one song. It's on Life Out of Balance at the very end. The whole part is like, 45 seconds and i just couldn't fucking do it i couldn't but i don't know why oh it made got me it psychotic yeah we got it in the I end know. but yeah there, there's a picture of me like losing my shit yeah just like hat backwards in my underwear just <laughs> fucking screaming because i can't play this goddamn thing i oh, I, I i for transparency's sake for everybody who's watching this it is 12 38 at night and I'm gonna go to bed, and I don't want to know if I have bad dreams of, of that image right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just knee raging at you. Why can't I play it? God damn! It. My wife will probably but, tell me tomorrow morning, like you were talking about somebody in underwear. Who was it? <laughs> so if you if you just if you run into me in a dream, just 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 hum that melody to me, yeah. and that's how you get me to go. That's how you defeat Dream David. But, but the whole process was done about three days. And then David and Jake, the drummer, spent the last day entirely just adding in extra parts, like extra Tom hits. And um, what the hell else did you do? The The big thing that we did that day was the end of um, being human. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, the that drum part, it's like the, the, the last movement of the song, mm-hmm. They just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger to where they're, they're just they're bigger than everything by the end. We uh did two things there. We um we took the we took the drum track itself and we actually reamped that. We yeah. ran his we ran his drum track through uh which one did you use? I can't remember. An amp. We 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 ran it through one of the amps and 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 blew it way out. So we got just like got the the drum track like real fucking distorted and nasty, and it's in there, but it's mixed way down low. And then we uh, got three um, bass drums. Jake's in one corner, I'm in one corner, and then Jason was like right outside the door. And uh, those really really big hits are just us just beating the hell out of these kick drums with mallets. Um, most of the last day was just spent kind of like experimenting with that stuff trying to like find cool drum sounds for it and mm-hmm. touch up stuff just little fixes here and there and then Who came up with the idea of a harmonica 
Isn't Verona, it, it sounds like there is an harmonica, you know. Um, sure is. In uh, one of the first first few tracks, I had a feeling as if I was listening to Springsteen, like. There's not a harmonica, but now I want to know which part we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, very, very. I'll, I'll send it to you later. But I yeah. felt like, okay, that was very interesting. So it seems as if you are able to plant not only images, but also sounds into my head. Yeah, I wonder if it's the piano. <laughs> I wonder if it's the way that the what your distorted chords with the tremolo ring out. I wonder Probably. if I wonder that if that's could what be. Sounds. Could be. The 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 tremolo on the piano is pretty fucking hard on some of these songs, which yeah. I, I like a lot. Yeah, it's kind of a machine gun sound. Interesting. You also have a few guests on the record. Mm -hmm. Did you record them also in that environment or did you record their parts later on? Yeah, so a, a few things got added on later. So uh, Hank did the trumpets. He's he's Sorry. he's <laughs> he's laughing because it took him nine months to record about four minutes of trumpet yep. music. Yep. And I haven't his, played trumpet since high school. In so, his sorry. defense, he was building. He was he was basically building a house at the time and uh, had more important things happening. But um, was so he, he wearing underwear? <laughs> I wasn't here when it happened. Exclusively, exclusively. only underwear all winter. Yes. Um, and then um, Ian Duvall, who we talked about earlier, he was he's the original bassist for Shipwreck. Um, he is uh, my best friend and heterosexual life partner. Uh, I fucking love Ian Duvall so much, and I have since I was like twelve. I'm now thirty seven. Um, it's always it's it's important for me to find something for him to do on every record, uh, even if that's begrudgingly on his end. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but oh again, uh, do I have to do something? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 true. But um, he so he he sequences all the strings on it, and then um, uh, our friend Dev uh, bought uh, some people might know him uh, Shipwreck Detective. Um, he's also in a band called uh, Grimoires. He's in a band called Isles. Um, he did all of the uh, the synth work that's that's peppered in throughout the record. Mm -hmm. Some of my favorite stuff on the record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what my favorite part about it is, you, you all thought it was gonna not fit. Right, I was skeptical, and then it was awesome. Yeah, it was it was wonderful. Dev, Dev is a. Uh, I say it every time I end up talking to anybody about Dev. For real, he's a wizard. He's a mm -hmm. goddamn wizard. Like he and he's he's so good at just like. Most of the synth stuff doesn't really pop out immediately at you if you don't know that it's there. But when you when you find it, like he does, he does su does such a good job of like finding his space mm -hmm. and, and filling it in those songs to where the point, like I said, you don't really notice it. But if you take it away, you notice it. Like it's 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 such a weird. Um, but uh, and then your brother. Oh yeah, uh, we had a. Uh, couple of parts where there were some uh some guitar flubs that we missed when we were in the studio and so after the fact uh his brother actually fixed a couple of those and and wrote a couple parts so yeah. he's uh life out of balance and light worker right yes yeah yeah let's do um am i missing anybody is there any other guest stuff let me think no no that's all of it yeah Oh, Jason actually. He I don't think that he got credited, but Jason uh he he was uh he played guitar in a couple of parts. Did not know that. 
Yeah, uh, he 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 beefed up a couple of my layers, like like doubled up on what I was doing, mm. and then um, it's actually cool. There's a moment on the record where there's nothing except for Jason, right. and it's 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 the very end of Lightworker when everything comes back in. Mm-hmm. Um, there was uh, some some there was something in my guitar track. I can't remember what it was, but it just sounded like ass, and we and we we needed to re-record it. And uh, I just told him to do it. Like, it was just yeah. going to be easier for him just to do it. So just like, just get as close to my tone as you can. And he ended up getting way better than my tone. So <laughs> so for like, for like three seconds, like I all of a sudden sound really good. Just because it's Jason. <laughs> well, but it then you have, have to take him on tour. Uh, that'd be nice. I've, I, I've actually, uh, so um, we're, we're working on figuring out what tour plans are for 2024 right now. And a couple of our guys um, aren't just jobs, life, you know, stuff. A couple of our guys aren't going to be able to do it. So we're going to be using fill-ins for a couple of spots. And I've been joking with Jason and Andy, except I'm not really joking uh, for like a couple months now. Like, Hey, you guys should just come to her with us and then we'll play your stuff and we can do. That'd be cool. <laughs> a co- a coastland shipwreck tour. Yep. <laughs> it's just the same band. Yeah. I mean, like it, it also fits thematically, right? It does. Yeah, right. Coastlands, shipwrecks. Coastlands' new song. Have you have you heard their new track? Uh, I haven't had the time to do that yet. No, but I'll still have to do it. Yeah, okay. it's uh, it's um. So I for the for, for for being human, I've been really excited um to see people that are familiar with us hear mm-hmm. this record just to kind of see what their reaction is going to kind of be. Mm-hmm. I think I think Coastlands kind of has the same thing going on with this new song. It is way out of left field. It is much different than anything they've done before. Um, and it's also incredible. It's so freaking good. Yeah. I uh, isn't that also there, what, what there were new... like always different. Exactly. I, I, I think I think all of the best bands, in my opinion, are the bands that kind of like make it their own like 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 i i i i i I love post-rock and i love like you know even even the most like dull post-rock i love i I love the crescendo stores core stuff but like i think that the bands that are doing it best right now are the bands that are like not really sticking to the tropes kind of making it their own thing like uh pray for one of my favorite bands doing it right now um wander i just got uh their record home a couple weeks ago fun shit's real real good um uh mighty missoula mm. i i have to throw here i finally i have to throw so in good. if we if we're um, talking about unusual post rock, i have to throw in a burial at sea uh from from the uk um yeah because that is yeah. definitely very different post rock. uh well they also have a new record coming up in a few months so it's gonna be a good one. Gonna gonna be a good twenty twenty four, I think. Okay, I, um, I, could, I, was, I I thought that it had come out, but I could I, I had thought that it had already come out, but I couldn't find it, so I thought that I was stupid. So that makes sense. I didn't realize no, it just wasn't out it's yet. Next, <laughs> it's I think it's February, January or February. It's not that far away. Um, so maybe at the time when people hear this, maybe it's already out. If you want to yeah. know for sure, check out the Veil of Sound. Um, I have one more question before we come to the infamous quickfire round, and that is musical influences. 
you've already mentioned Thursday, Envy. So like the, the, the emo core or early post hardcore side post millennium. Um, but are there other bands, projects, artists where you say like, okay, maybe not audibly influencing shipwreck, but for, for me as a writer, as a person, as a music aficionado, those are influences. Yeah. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. Cause I always, I always talk about how uh, David Bazan, Pedro the Lion uh, mm -hmm. is like one of my biggest influences. And I do absolutely nothing that sounds like him, but he's just like, he makes me want to be a better songwriter. <laughs> like one of those dudes where you're just like, I'm never going to be that good, but I'm going to try really fucking hard kind of thing. Like, um he uh I, I think the dude's an absolute genius but like um and like uh uh it sounds pretentious every time i say it i feel like but like philip glass is a huge influence on me mm -hmm. um just like the things the things that he does with just repetition and just like latching on, onto an idea and just like repeating it over and over and over again until like you get sick of it but it goes so long that it comes back around you're like oh wait no hold on this is tight like um you know sonically we don't sound like him but like you know i've tried to take mm -hmm. ideas from it yeah. and then everything from like you know, like i said envy to like jimmy Eat world <laughs> jimmy Eat world is one of my favorite bands there are there are drum parts peppered in like our whole catalog where i have like literally just given jake jimmy Eat world tracks and go play it like this <laughs> make it sound like that <laughs> yeah but i mean like if i mean like you're a few years younger than me but i can still remember like the late 90s when there was no way around jimmy eat world and nobody wanted to because you know i think up to futures and not including that that first record that they also deny they did Oh, uh, the yeah, albums like in that. between are immaculate. I like it. I think that they're all great. I think that they have never stopped making relevant music. There's definitely some that are better than others, but like, I don't think that they've ever made a bad record. Personally, no, no, that's 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 true. It's just like I think like like um the like clarity, static prevails. Um, mm -hmm. then the self-titled and futures. I think like those are milestones. You know, like they're all futures. awesomely good. That uh, that that groove, in 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 the title track, is like. I've been trying to figure out how to capture that. <laughs> That's like like that. The beginning of that song is pure magic, and like mm -hmm. I've been I've been I've been trying to chase that like. And I I never quite get it. I always get stuff that's like kind of adjacent to it. But like someday I'm gonna write the perfect heavy pop riff. Yep. <laughs> Jeez. So I have the last question for you, and that is a very simple one. I mean, like, an Indianapolis band, I mean, like, come on, I have to ask about post-festival. And let's imagine the guys, you know, the Frizzles and everybody else uh, not only invite you to play, which they surely will do, but also they ask you to curate your own stage for one day. And Shiprock... Shipwreck has to play one of the five slots on that stage that Sick. day. First of all, which slot would you take for your own band and which four other bands would be playing? 
Instagram. And it doesn't matter if they are if they are still alive or not. You know, like dream. So if we play first, it's going to be easier to watch everybody, right? Right. If we play last, we're probably going to miss whoever plays before us. Okay. Right. So we would play first just so I could see everybody else. Um, I would get Saxon Shore back together at gunpoint. Um, so bring Coastlands out. I love, I love, I love Coastlands, but we're talking dream bands. Here. Dream bands, okay. Yes, so we're talking. This is, this is, this, not this, is like, this is like Desert Island, right? Like, yeah, like okay. you can't. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I would, I would, I would find a way to get Saxon Shore back together. Saxon Shore is like the band that got me into post rock. Um, Unwood Sailor, Envy. We get one more. I know. I get one more. Who's the other one? So okay, we got NB Super Heavy, um, uh, Saxon Shore Super 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 Mellow, Hootie. <laughs> you say Hootie, Hootie and the Blowfish. Hootie and the Blowfish is is is, is the last bitch. Sorry. Um. Anathalo. Anathalo is not really post rock. They're kind of like. I, I, to me, they're like like an American cigarettes. Um, they've not. That's a good way to say. They've not been active for. I, I think they broke up in like two thousand six. Um, but uh, they were actually a huge influence on this record. They put out this record called the Canopy Glow. That I, I fell in love with like long after they broke up, honestly. Um, and uh, the uh, very very specifically the horns that are on this record are inspired by a lot of what goes on in that record. So okay. hopefully they play better than I did though. You know, they, prob they probably would, but like not because there's anything wrong with you just because they're fucking brilliant, genius, wonderful. They play normal. Like they actually play their instruments. They don't just, yeah, but them. they also, they also quit doing this band and I can't remember one of the guys went on to join to form some band that was like massively pop, like like top forty shit. In sync. Yeah, it okay. was Justin Timberlake. He was, <laughs> this Justin Timberlake was the original front man. No, but um, I don't think so. You know, <laughs> you got to eat. I get it. It's just uh, it was it was just some real just kind of trite whatever bullshit and just like i want to follow back hmm, cool hopefully whoever that man is is watching this and just getting angry at me sorry anyways what about you okay oh no i can't you can't no i'm i'm unplugged i don't know bands i don't know shit about fuck hank is and this is not an exaggeration ron swanson <sighs> he he he's <laughs> <laughs> that was completely unintentional so I don't know if you're familiar with the show Parks and Rec. Um, but he is Ron Swanson, but we also realized uh not long ago that that means that I'm probably Leslie Nope, which I don't love that either. That's a good pairing. No, I don't have I don't know a lot of bands. I just I just play the piano and keep my head down. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, first of all, thanks for all those insights. Thanks for all the laughter. But 
As I said, nobody gets out of a Veil of Sound interview without having to stand the infamous quickfire round. You I'm, a, always I'm apologizing get... for all of the cop-out answers you're about yep. to get out of me, but we'll yep. do it. Oh, okay. Uh, you will have to choose one of two alternatives and give a short explanation for your choice. And you both have to answer them. As long as you're here, you still have to answer them. But let's start with something from post or for the post-millennials and all of us. Uh, Motion City soundtrack versus My Chemical Romance. Motion City soundtrack. Oh, uh, MCR. Real? Yeah, because I don't know the other one. I'm actually, I've got, I've got this. I'm not, not kidding. <laughs> Commit this to memory is in my car right now. I listened to it on the way over here today. Okay. MCR is a winner, man. It's timeless. You go back and and check out Black Parade. It still holds up. It's got new meaning for me as as a. As a 34-year-old. I'm 85% sure that he's joking. No, I'm actually dead serious. Okay. Sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't tell. You can never tell with him. Um, I think that they are a fine band that I don't like. Fair enough. Sunny Day Real Estate versus American Football. Oh. Fuck. Um, it's supposed to be a quick answer. American Football. And that's a hard choice. Uh, I just noodles. Everything's a big cup of noodles, and I like it. Uh, Bruce Hornsby. <laughs> I don't know those two bands. I you know you know American football. You've I've, yeah. I've made you listen to them. Okay, American football, because I can identify those two words together. This is going to be so much fun for Hank to do because he. I, I'm not sure if he knows. Probably not. Of us. No, um. <clears throat> One follow-up so that I can build for the next one. Uh, Washington, okay. D.C. or Washington State? State. Oh, that's easy. State. For I both thought of you us. would say D.C. Mountains. Trees. Yeah, I D.C. thought you would say D.C. <laughs> because there is something good about D.C. and that's music in the 80s and also later on, okay. especially True. in the 80s. Yeah. Fugazi versus Minor Threat. Minor Threat. Uh, minor threat saying that that can flip flop any given day. Did you say Benghazi? <laughs> I don't know the bands. I'm sorry. Pass. You you know Fugazi. You absolutely, absolutely do know not. Fugazi. Absolutely do not. Ian McKay. Nope. You're full of shit. You have homework after okay, that. There's enough. no way. There's no. You're... Send me some albums. Send me some links. I'll listen. I think after this, it's gonna, not going to be just some. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic Youth versus Interpol. Interpol. I know that I am universally alone in yeah. this. I don't know Interpol. I fucking hate Sonic Youth. I fucking hate Sonic Youth. I think, <laughs> what's his face? I think Homeboy Thurston? is an absolute prick of a human being. Like Thurston Moore's a prick? Everything that I... Every... 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 Yes. Okay. Go. I only know Sonic Youth, so I'm going to say Sonic Youth. Sonic Youth. And I you. just, I also just, I also just. It's gonna. This is gonna sound pretentious. I Felt think. I think that most people. I'm gonna piss people off. I think most people that like Sonic Youth only like Sonic Youth because everybody likes Sonic Youth. I know what you mean. For me, I have to disagree. And I'm not saying everybody. I'm not saying that there's not lots of people that like Sonic Youth. I just, I, I just, I can't. 
I also am known to be a little bit out of touch. So more, not out of touch, you're more of a, just a general contrarian. Not liking things for the sake of not here's liking. the thing. I like you're not wrong, but I want to disagree just for the sake <laughs> because of you're just, just for the sake of the <laughs> you're not wrong, but I want to that should be on a shirt. But he's yeah. you're a contrarian. You're not wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> wonderful um, I know myself what, what do you prefer touring on the one side versus writing and recording on the other well the problem is we've never toured before see that's so, why I'm saying it right now I'm saying touring because that's all I want to fucking do is get out on the road we're, we're working on it we got, we got plans where they're, they're gears moving I love recording I love writing. I love getting hammered and emotional and locked in my music room here and writing something and then just recording it. And by 6 a.m., I've got something beautiful, you know? And I will say, like, those four days that we spent there were, oh, like, the best days ever. Yeah. But uh, I like the work, but it's work. Sure. So I want to go party, though. Like, I just, I just, <laughs> like, I just, I want, I just want to get loud and, and, sure. and get rowdy like so let's assume you go on tour next year what would your what would be your preferred after show drink wine or beer cider no whiskey and coke cola yeah uh, it depends on what country we're in if we're in If we're in France, I'm going to drink their wine. If we're in the UK, I'm going to drink their beer. If we're in Scotland... Yeah, because they don't their... have fucking wine in the UK. Or if we're in the States, which is where we will probably be. What do we drink in, uh, what do we drink in Germany? Oh, that depends on the region. Northern Germany, beer. Southern Germany, you can drink both. But, yeah. you know, if you want to drink wine in Germany... Probably going to be from southern Germany. Wunderbar. Um, we're entering the final stretch. Um, November for you. Sorry, is we're, that we're, we're really month? bad at short answers. I don't know. November, is that for you the month after Halloween or the month before Christmas? Month after Halloween, do you yeah, prolong the gothicness of Halloween, or do you easily early start the Christmas season? Are you a Christmas guy? I used to be okay. when I was a kid, um, but I just kind of don't give a shit about the holidays anymore. Like, like, and I don't mean that in like a kind of way. Just like none of my people Grinch. are here. Like my like my 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 family all lives elsewhere, and so like it ends up really just being a day off for me which yeah. is great like yeah. i love it um but i also like i love halloween and i have since i was a kid i actually have a halloween tree and the last i didn't put it up this year um but the last time that i put it up it it was up for like months <laughs> it's marsh can you get the tree down <laughs> no nah, man at this point just wait yeah you may as well you're halfway ah, there. It's, it's march let's just stick it up <laughs> so and in in light of david's favorite bands or like bands that he really likes two couples first couple first day 
which record to choose war all the time or full collapse I know it's a little bit on the nose, but Full Collapse, Full Collapse is a perfect record. I mean, War All the Time is a perfect record, too, but, like, Full Collapse is, like, a perfect record. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say you're making these band names and album names up. None of these are real. You guys are both no. fucking with me. No, 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 you no. Thursday. You don't have the ability to be my friend without listening to Thursday. Mm -hmm. Ooh, be careful. Be careful. I've once said that about social distortions, white light, white heat, white trash, and I've lost a friend over that one, so be careful. <laughs> oh, I just I just mean it's physically not possible because like it's 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 at any given moment it's going to be on somewhere around me like you 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 definitely listened to Thursday. I do need to expand my horizons, but I do like limiting myself because I'm pulling from an area of music that you are not. So we come together. His 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 favorite artist is Jack White. Which one? One of his favorite artists. One of my Jack favorites. White. Jack White. Which is something wrong with it? At a, at one point, yeah. Last one. Oh, let's okay. If we say Jack White, then you know at least for Hank to have a real choice, uh, the White Stripes, the Style, or Elephant. Oh, uh, the Style. Ooh, I want to fuck. Absolutely. No, no, no. Yeah, early, early stripes. Dead leaves in the dirty ground, or um, shit. Da, 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 da. I'm overthinking it. Yeah, or Seven Nation Army. Dead leaves. The style, huh? The style. You're gonna like earlier shit. Yeah, I like Seven Nation Army. I know that you think that I don't like Jack White. No, I know I, you like I, Jack White. I do. It's just not my good. Well, where of your opinion on Jack? I actually listened to White Blood Cells on the way home the other day. Oh, it's a great record. Sorry. And last, very last one. Envy. Envy doesn't matter. Insomniac Envy. Dose or the Fallen Crimson. Uh God. So, Insomniac Dose only because cut, cut it short, like, man. Cut it short. It's the it's, it's I'm sorry because it's the record, but I think that the Fallen Crimson is actually probably a better record. But probably, I, but but Insomniac does. Sorry, Envy's <laughs> chick from uh, Scott Pilgrim, right? We're in a post rock band. Everything is long winded. <laughs> I, I think Hank will have to do a lot of homework before Christmas comes. Yeah, so, no, guys. First of all, thanks for all of the time. Thanks for all the details. And uh, now, if you want to say something to our audience, here is your chance. Hey, sup? I don't know. I'm bad at this. Thanks for listening. Uh, see you soon. <laughs> Hope so. Hope so. Hope to see you soon. Yeah. So, thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Bye-bye. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man.